Welcome to our podcast today. I'm April Ramey of Antler Alchemy. Hello, my name is Drill Graham from Black with Plants. And we're a relationship with plants. And today we have a pretty juicy, raw topic to discuss. It was just Valentine's Day and the whole love hangover is happening. We're stepping into Mercury retrograde and we're going to go deep on some topics that have been coming up lately and things that we've been noticing. And um, yeah, so there might be a little bit of more of like a real conversation here as opposed to lots of questionings. And of course, as always, we're going to bring it back to the plants. And Lately, I've been really thinking a lot on this conscious relationship and connection with people and noticing and desiring for myself this idea of wanting to connect with people on a really, really deep level and getting to know one another. And sometimes this leads to this desire of sensuality and sexuality that may be expressed or desired to be expressed between two people, but then knowing that maybe there's not a future or that future hasn't been explicitly discussed and how does one navigate friendship after that and what was the friendship before, what does that really mean? And just where is the future of these conscious relationships really going as more people actually wake up to the concept and idea of future relationships although there's still some of the programming back in our minds about what a relationship should look like and how we should move through life and what traumas we might be bringing with us into those conscious relationships. So Daryl, do you have anything to say? It is going to be fun learning with you and also bringing to the listeners our lived experience. The uh, episode today will allow for you all to be challenged in a way. Hopefully you haven't. Um, We want you to think more about relationships uh, outside of the plant kingdom, uh, considering human psychology, uh, our role in proximity and forming rapport, with each other. Um, So again, as you listen to our conversation today, think uh, about uh, the people, the um, plants, the different elements in your life that help you feel whole, because that is our goal. We want to encourage uh, you all to fulfill your life uh, and each day feel Um, confident bringing yourself to your favorite cafe or the dog park or uh, your lover's lap. We don't uh, um, hold any authority in today's conversation on the subject of relationships. We just hold uh, empowerment in both of our hands as we Uh, try to uplift each other and dignify each other, but also uh, you, the listener. Yeah. 
So my question for you is, how do you feel about the direction of these conscious relationships, where they're going? And then as a male, um, and when, if you ever have experience of really connecting with another person of your choice, uh, how, if you go into more of a sexual realm, what comes after? If you're still trying to maintain this conscious relationship and friendship, if that uh, part has been explored and maybe you wanted to continue to explore it, or maybe you don't want to continue to explore that. It's complicated only because I've been overprotective of myself and close relationships for the last decade or so. And the last um, three years of the last decade, I struggled to um, make friendships happen or sustain bonds long enough uh, for both parties to see each other with respect and to consider the relationship healthy. My struggle is uh, probably common, and hopefully uh, today's conversation will uh, prove how important it is for us to show up when we uh, set expectations. It is also important to be explicit in order to uh, bring oneself in partnership for romance or adventure or a combination of both or maybe a myriad uh it's it's not enough to bring your natal chart or your personality type or your work history all of that can build conversations when you're dying together or when you're disrupted from uh screening content um, but it's not enough, that is superficial. We uh, deserve more than that. I think my uh, series of failed relationships in most recent years have one thing in common. I thought if I treated these relationships like cyclical, that would be enough. But what I noticed is that little wheelhouse that I uh, thrusted myself in, um, positioned me to be a poor partner. I became a Ferris wheel when I entered relationships with people. And when you see a Ferris wheel or uh, the like entertainment, uh, it's attractive from a distance. But sometimes when you get on a Ferris wheel or <laughs> uh, the like at an entertainment site, you'll notice that you're sometimes uncomfortable. So uh, I think my um, my desire for pleasure, my seeking for touch, uh, and as you mentioned er earlier, sensations that are sensual, uh, I limited myself in those interactions because I wasn't bringing my full self to the table. I wasn't um, confident in my voice to uh, be fair in my requests and when uh, forming a communication with a partner. I think uh, 
you're right, it is important for us to be conscious and relationships, but it's also very important for us to think about how are we partnered with individuals uh, over time, because time, uh, it happens. And if we are blind to our commitment to each other, a lot of times the most uh, undesirable things can root each other uh, or tether ourselves to each other. Um, so again, uh, I want to make sure I acknowledge a question. Uh, responsibility sometimes is overlooked. Uh, we uh, find attraction in other uh, um, individuals and sometimes we lose ourselves. And if we experience disembodiment while entering a partnership, uh, it, you, you're, you're not in control of your faculties. So if you're unable to govern yourself, the possibilities of you sustaining or helping your partner govern a healthy relationship where your partner or your lover feels heard or seen or, and again, an approximate. Some people don't want to be really close or really distant. They just want to know that you're there. And you, you can't be there if you're not uh, embodied and grounded uh, in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hear you saying that, I thank you for sharing, first of all. And yeah, I really hear this kind of concept for you is that you feel as though there was a cyclical nature. What do you mean by cyclical? Like, I, I'm not sure if I completely understood that part. Yeah, uh, I thought the cyclical nature that I fabricated would help me stand out from people who think uh, in a linear manner. But the danger of cyclical relating is that sometimes you don't go anywhere. You're just in the same space, turning around, and usually you're not able to really mature. I right now gravitate to linear thinking because at least I know that I'm moving forward with a person. And mm. if we do step back, we're going to step back together. But sometimes if you're moving in a circle, you're going around the same environment. You're just doing the same thing over and over. If you're moving on a linear path, you're going to walk towards new terrain. There's going to be new opportunity for you. And if you both turn around, you're going to see the path together and if you have to take steps backwards you're going to traverse together Um, and I also like the linear concept because it also helps me think uh, if you and your partner are standing back to back together and one of you are looking forward and one of you are looking back and then if you uh, rotate it together to just change the vantage point again you're back to back you're you still have each other and it's kind of hard to have someone's back on a a cyclical plane in my, in, in my, from my vantage point and from my probably naive perspectives in the, the dating world. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that concept. I never really thought about that because what I think about too a lot of the times is, is so as a person who's basically single, right, and 
for me in the, my past relationships, especially being single, uh, a lot of the times I meet people and I'm really interested in getting to know them and moving forward. And my underarching guide of my interaction is friendship, right? It's this like, so when I look forward on my linear scale, if I do it without being in a circle and I'm looking forward on the linear scale, I envision this person as being a friend. And impersonally, in my world, what I'm always searching for and looking for is lifelong friends. And in that, I realize that there's always different levels of like, what interaction happens between friends. And there are some people that I've become that I want to be friends with in the long term that I also want to have a sensual experience with in the short term <laughs> or maybe in the future as well. However, what I'm really desiring is that friendship, right? And so as a person for myself, I guess what I could say is like, you know, in the past, I've kept myself pretty closed off you know, like very, very closed off on the sensual sexual realm because there was a part in my life in 2008 where I just realized that like men can't handle this and I still hadn't had many experiences with women yet and I just didn't feel as though anyone could handle what I had to offer when it came to sensuality and sexuality. And so I kept myself closed off for a really long time, slightly opening the door here and there for certain people, and then still being met with that same sort of realization. Even though I was attempting to come at the situation in my best way of not pushing that ideal on the person before it even happened. And so I taken a lot of time not to engage with human beings and to step back. And I've received a lot of people who um, may have been hurt or may have wondered why I wouldn't even give them the time of day sexually or sensually because I kept myself closed off because I was afraid that I don't know if afraid's the only word, but there was a lot of speculation in my mind, like could this person even hold the dynamic of what I have to offer? Because what I have to offer is super, super deep, super expansive, super sensual, super amazing, but also very detached. But detached in the sense of like, I'm not demanding uh, specific commitment in the sense of what we are expected for in commitment from someone in relationship, but committed in the sense of friendship, if that makes sense. And right. not in like what people want you to be when you're like their boyfriend or girlfriend commitment, right? But it's like, I expect that if there's going to be a share of sensuality and sexuality that 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 person will still consider me a friend or an, att an attempt to continue a friendship of integrity uh so that is a different type of commitment but commitment but a very similar commitment to boyfriend girlfriend relationship right and i think that like conscious relationship and relating is one of the most important things because boyfriend or girlfriend or not, friend or not, that's what 
the real basis is I feel like that's really what people are looking for. Um, and I guess I say all this because like in my current life at this moment in time, I've been reopening myself because I, I feel as though maybe I'm doing a disservice to myself by keeping myself closed. And also I think that there's a part of me who's wondering, okay, I see all these people stepping out, claiming consciousness and all of this, like, is it really happening? You know, like, is that, has people actually started really practicing what they preach? And, um, that's a great question. It yeah. is something that I hope you consider moving forward. And I'm sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to tie our two points together your uh, uh, remarks prove that you're doing work daily to practice embodiment, to practice what you preach. That is important when entering a, uh, a bond with uh, another person. Some people have that hope, however, are sometimes uh, slow to truly commit and uh, consistently showcase that uh, uh, in in relationship. Um, so again, I think uh, it's important for the listeners and ourselves to remember that when we uh, look at the marketplace of dating and courtship, a lot of people want touch, sensuality, love, care, However, a lot of people are really slow to practice self-love and to uh, take that forward uh, to be a positive impact and influence. We, we have to remember also that what um, sometimes doesn't match when we enter bonds is the energy. Uh, we have to know our energy. We have to have... Uh, uh, an urgency to protect our energy in order to align successfully with someone to really enjoy uh, pleasure and to enjoy uh, time and space apart without experiencing jealousy. And uh, we can't ignore that. Uh, energy matters in a relationship. And a lot of times I think my uh, uh, behavior that contributed to unhealthy relationships in the past was me not recognizing my energy when it was expended, when it was compromised, when, um, uh, like, or how to rebuild my energy. I uh, also, in, in my adult life, understanding masculine and feminine energy, I know my warped conditioning uh, and worldview allowed for me to neglect my energy uh, especially in my, my youth. So again, it's really complicated to think about the natural ways to partner and how the innate energy in us uh, helps to manifest positive relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I wonder as in a, 
as in a male perspective, maybe you can enlighten a little bit of the listeners just, and obviously this is your perspective. It's not every male's perspective, right? Because my perspective is my perspective and not every female's perspective. However, I would wonder, I'm wondering, you know, in this age of consciousness, right? And where do you feel or see, and maybe you've like experienced this also just being around other men, but where do you see and feel the real truth around this? And then where is people, where are, where is the like concept in the mind, but still not really being put out because the knowledge of how to really do this is not there or the ability to really recognize one's uh, own truths or be able to have the courage to have important conversations uh, with the opposite sex or the same sex, it doesn't matter which sex actually, but like just with another human being, being able to have the conversations because, if I think about it, you know, even though, um, even though this is culturally implied and still something that's riding out in a lot of relationships, at least I think, is that sometimes a man might be responsible for, um, for setting that kind of tone of like, okay, well, what does the future entail in a way? I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but does that make, does, does my question make sense? I don't know if my question makes sense, but I'm just kind yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear, I hear your, I hear your question echoing what you asked earlier. I, I think a lot of times it is um, worthwhile um, to engage with the individual without considering time. And a lot of times we root ourselves in bonds delusional to the time that has passed or the time ahead and Mm. I don't think I have been responsible in my partnerships both platonic romantic and a combination of the two in the past considering time being sensitive to time uh, and I think that has a lot to do with immaturity and um, entering uh, relationships prematurely and not taking my responsibility as a partner uh, wholeheartedly. Um, I I would hope that I am able to partner and uh, exhibit um, respect and uh, revere and love to the point where um, a partner would want to come back and be close to me and try it again, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I'm thinking it, uh, I think it is possible, but uh, a lot of times distractions play a big role in helping us not see our partners as a whole dynamic individual, a person worthy of honor and reverence and, uh, and, and a practice of humility, it, it uh, came to mind while listening to your question. Uh, a lot of times when we're entering uh, courtship or friendship or uh, the dance of getting to know you, a lot of us are paying attention to narratives that are repeating 
uh, uh, memories of less promising relationships or uh, the the memories of the past poor relationship. Um, I think a lot of times we project onto people that we're dancing and getting to know. Uh, we're projecting onto them our past uh, partner, um, even if they don't fit the same profile or don't have the same voice or speaking pattern. I think the scars of our past sometimes blind us to th the person who is trying their best to present themselves without triggering us uh, or causing us harm. Do you, have you noticed that in your friend circles, people uh, not able to um, uh, not see their past when uh, considering a future? And do you think uh, what I mentioned earlier about um, being ignorant to thinking about how time plays a role in sustaining a relationship was like uh, now i'm thinking about it it's pretty silly I, I i'm not sure why in the past i wasn't entering uh relationships thinking like oh i would hope this lasts for more than a night <laughs> or even if we don't spend uh consecutive nights together that when we see each other we could be more than collegial we could be more than diplomatic we can be so fond of each other so favorable of each other that if we repeated the experience the, the intimacy it would be uh cherished but it's not expected and it wouldn't damage what we have or had had in the past yeah i mean i think that i I think that like why, yes, all of the things, right? Because I think that as a person for myself who really cherishes the long-term and really thinks about those things, um, and, and, and in some ways, like I'm one of the most committed human beings to relationship that I know in many regards, you know, like I'm so committed. I'm so committed to the people that end up in my world. And, but I'm not committed. I'm committed in the sense that like I'm there, you know? And so what comes up is that, that lack of commitment on the other side, because like you said, there isn't this like concept of thinking of the longevity of time and being like, wow, you know, like I can see the commitment from this human being and I want to rise to the occasion and release and abandon those past fears and hurts and just step in truly with faith, you know, because it's like it requires to be in these conscious friendships and relationships, you know, like I hear you saying partnership, but like go beyond partnership and that word, like my partner, whatever, this is like conscious relating. This is human existence. Right. And it goes, it requires, like you said, to really let go of the past and not in the sense of like ignoring it, but being unafraid and unapologetic to bring it up with someone when something is being triggered in that. And I'm definitely one that is working on that aspect of it as well, right? Because there's a lot of times I don't say anything because out of fear. Like I don't wanna tell these people that I'm feeling a certain way or tell anyone that because, and this is all my relationships, not just ones that I may have had a sensual experience with, but like just wanting to share that I see 
the longevity and that I'm fully committed. And maybe there's a fear there because people seem to be afraid to commit. And I know that for me, when I'm in a space of relation, it might look like on the outside that I have commitment issues because I'm not with anybody or it appears I'm with everyone all at once. And yeah, but that really is just, I have such, like I was saying earlier, such a deep commitment to people and to the friendships and the relationships that come into my world that it goes beyond what uh, is normal. I, I don't want to say normal, but it goes beyond what may be expressed. And so I, I, I hear you saying, and what comes up for me, it's like this idea of like, really when people want these conscious relationships and when I want these conscious relationships, it really requires letting go of fear and being really courageous and stepping fully into the heart. And like you said, like trying to navigate through past hurts without projecting that on previous people on um, past hurts onto the newer people or current person or, yeah, or having these conversations. I'm not sure if I answered your question. Um, it's, a, it's a question just to open us up to our, our vantage point and to help us see what's around us, what's in the landscape. Um, not expecting, expecting you to answer this question because it's not a static uh, response that you can really provide. It's just perspective that you can uh, help build. Um, yeah, I think you're right. We are handicapped by fear and that handicap prevents us from uh, thriving in a, uh, a friendship or uh, bond that we want to move forward with over time. And I'm glad you used the word longevity. I am just thinking about my healthy uh, bonds currently and the vast majority of them never expected. <laughs> Uh, um, most of the the relationships or the communications that I expected to outlive a football season or track meet or college uh, class, they were all duds. And again, in the moment, they were amazing. They helped me. <laughs> to like blossom in those moments and to uh, uh, live outside of my comfort zone and to be challenged and corrected. And I have no regrets, but they were duds because I think I was, I was too obsessive. I was too fixed. I was too fixated. I was, mm. I was targeting the person or the relationship or the opportunity for love. I was, it, it, it was, it, it wasn't, embracing or cherishing or uh or nourishing or like trying to uh care for you know i i, I lacked compassion uh obviously and um 
and again, there's nothing to dwell on, but I think it's something to consider. What uh, behaviors of the past impede on our judgment currently when discerning boundaries and when consenting to uh, engage with uh, an individual uh, intimately or platonically is important to consider because I think if we are conscious, as you mentioned earlier, we uh, can bring to those um, lovers or those homies, those friends, uh, not just our ideals or our theory. <laughs> we can put in practice, as you mentioned earlier, what we preach. We can put in practice the, um, the embodiment of a lover that we would want to come in contact with. And I think if we can make it less of a performance and, mm -hmm. and, and, and less of a lifestyle, but to make it a practice, it's something that we are committed to doing uh, that will uh, probably help other people like magnets gravitate towards us. Um, we are magnets and the people who gravitate towards us are our memories, memories and our mirrors. And oftentimes when we look at those individuals, those memories in our mirrors, we go back to fear and we go back to the, the memories of rejection, uh, objection and objection, being objectified. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like haunting to us. So I think it's important for us to build ourselves up and, and clear these mirrors. So when we see uh, the beauty in the eyes across from us, we actually see the beauty of ourselves. It's really hard to sustain a relationship. <clears throat> it's, it's really difficult to sustain a relationship if we don't see ourselves in another person. I, 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 I've only noticed that within the last year or two, how important it is when we see the beauty in plants, we see the beauty of ourselves. When we mm. see the beauty of a person's talent or their skill set, usually that helps to illuminate the beauty of our talents and our skill sets. And I think the whole point of coming together these days is to edify, to dignify, and often edifying each other and dignifying each other is overlooked for uh, some of the superficial, superficial contributions we can make. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to get better as I open myself up as well to um, care and reciprocity um, that again, I'm bringing my whole self and allowing uh, for people to bring them whole, their, their whole selves to conversations or um, whatever life may hold for us. <clears throat> yeah, I love it. What do you think about uh, again, our relationships being uh, supported by or uh, stymied uh, with the lack of understanding of the plant world? Do you think um, uh, herbs, roots, or plants, or trees, or nature, does, does that play a role in a healthy dynamic or, or not? <clears throat> That's a really good question. I think so. And I think that like 
relating and looking at a relationship that you have with the plant that you're using at the moment could also give you an indication of like where you are in your relations with others in a way. Um, because when you ask that question, I got really, there was like a couple of things that came up, right? One was this idea of like the ideal utopic way of interacting with mother nature and earth and how that could be holistic and conscious and, and creating some bond that uh, really helps garner respect and this reciprocity that's really necessary for living in a holistic manner with earth, right? And then on the other end, I thought about how people are moving blindly through life real not realizing that every connection that they have every day is with the earth and how they rape and take advantage of the land and what's available and then their addictions to specific plants you know not to say that um or the way that they just they choose to use the plants for example um coffee being one that I always think about and tobacco and spirits, right? Because those are spirits of plants. And these, these, those are the main three that I see are in daily use and especially in use of those who aren't really paying attention to the implications of what that means for their body, soul, mind, and spirit in that relationship. I being one that has had to balance my relationship with those plants in the, in my lifetime. And so then I, I think on this and um, then I think about how the more that there's a reverence for what's being offered to us in full bounty without desiring anything from us, but it just appears that earth doesn't desire anything from us, that these plants don't desire anything back because they're not really able to tell us exactly what they want. Um, but in my relationship to plants and trees and roots and the earth is that the earth really does want something back. You know, like it does have expectations and it's kind of similar to what I'm talking about actually today. So this is a really good question because whenever I've been with plants and when I really appreciate or I'm gathering herbs, I'm there with something to give. And I'm thinking about the longevity of my relationship with it. I'm not thinking about it and like, I can't wait to get what you have to give me. And then that's it. I'm thinking about how, you know, how can I sustainably harvest you so that years and decades and, and centuries from now you're still here so that my ancestors and the people that walk this earth are able to also know you and to form a sensual relationship with you and gain and give back in both directions and um it's such a palpable sensual deep relationship and it's one of the reasons why i love being with my plants so much or being just in nature and i think a lot of people feel that when they go into nature there's this very rejuvenative rejuvenating feeling there's this feeling of been giving fresh air and you're in a space of like you know if, if anyone has ever like sat on top of a mountaintop and looked out and see the endless sea of like other mountaintops 
and just breathe that fresh air up there and you just see the abundance of green and leaves and everything that's being offered and fresh oxygen being given to you, you're humbled. Or if you're looking out at a beach and you just see the expansiveness of the ocean and the waves that are coming and the countless drops that are contained with it, with the with the life force that's there and the respect that you have to give if you get into that ocean and it rocks you, right? Like there's this feeling of like, wow, you know, like, like this is not just here for me. This goes beyond and, uh, and there's this longevity and then you feel this desire. Well, I feel this desire and wanting of like committing to walking the earth with reverence and reciprocity and this idea of like of receiving what is necessary so that I can give back and that looks sometimes like a song it looks like water it looks like tobacco it looks like giving another plant it looks like rolling around naked in the leaves to just offer my sensual like body oils and scent and joy and laughter it looks like getting into the water naked doing the same thing and just like bathing under the moonlight it just looks like in those so many ways like a very long-term committed relationship that ebbs and flows with sensuality and platonic <laughs> and also need and desire and giving and receiving. Um, so I think that's a really beautiful way. And I think that the more people wake up to that, that idea of seeing the earth in that way and being able like Asia Suler just recently of one willow apothecaries was talking about how like if earth could, you could see earth as your beloved rather than your mother, because we're sometimes we don't see our mother as a, someone to always give back to, but someone who's there to provide for us or has given us life, but rather than seeing it as a relationship that is that you're in for the long haul the whole time you're here and then even once you're gone you're giving your body back to this place in the physical manner so it dies and gets eaten um, by everything and consumed by everything on this earth and i think that people when they continuously wake up to how plants can actually work within our bodies to bring us into a state of well-being then that the next step like if i look at it in steps in a linear format it's almost like first is realizing that the every food you eat everything you wear has somehow been connected with plants or is being modeled after plants um, even if it's synthetic and then then there's the concept of like, okay, now that you know that, then like, what do you decide to put into your body? And what quality is that? And then it opens up your health and your well-being. And then you start to see and form the relationship with things that are at a higher vibration, that are consciously relating with your body to provide you nourishment, to provide you that longevity of partnership and friendship and relationship and sensuality. And then you're like wanting to give, you know, like maybe for the first couple of steps, you've, you've been receiving so much because you needed it. But then once you get to a point, you're like, whoa, like I really need to give now. 
Um, sometimes people come to the giving a lot earlier, but like, I think then once you start realizing that there's so much to offer and that the earth is actually asking, then having and forming that relationship with the earth creates a deeper relationship with yourself and in turn creates a deeper relationship with others. Thinking about helping our listeners, helping ourselves pivot away from the patriarchal lens of taking, uh, what, what would you recommend and I'm not expecting a formula or a laundry list, but I want you to help me think about ways we can use this platform to model or highlight um, steps that people can take towards um, um, embodying their values and, and living their values outside of the commercial, outside of a secular society, outside of um, the settler colonial aesthetic. Uh, what, do you, what do you think are your first thoughts or what are your first thoughts when you think about ways that people can pivot away from uh, uh, just disrupting like it sounds like a lot of our conditioning uh, particularly here in the United States has interrupted our natural tendencies to relate to each other and has made it difficult for us to bring our innate uh, uh, sensibilities to the table when uh, aligning uh, how, how can we turn away from the rom-coms and the novellas. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. I, I do encourage reading, and uh, I do en encourage pleasure seeking and indulging in entertainment. But how can we make sure that we don't always do what's unnatural when putting ourselves out there or uh, protecting ourselves? Hmm. I think the number one thing is courage and I think about all the times when you hear about these people that are full of courage right these stories of like someone who saved someone or someone who did this or did that or whatever and they're like I just did what had to be done and it reminds me of Dharma Mitra my teacher he's like you do it because it has to be done there just is no other reason. And so when you think about courage, like a lot of the times it always feels like it's that person that's the most quiet or the cowardly person that's, that shows up with the most courage. And it's because they just know that like, it just has to be done. And I think a way to step into that is, is letting go of the fear and stepping into vulnerability and being seen and having the conversations that are super, super challenging with yourself and I think that relating with 
at least one thing in the natural world and having a relationship with one plant can really begin that for sure. And yeah, that's what I'm, I'm coming up with right now is just this letting go of the fear and stepping into courage and relating deeply with vulnerability with one thing as possible, as much as possible. And it begins to open up so much more. Um, and once that opening begins, like it's kind of like Pandora's box. So I think people are afraid to get into Pandora's box because they know it's not going to be easy. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, as you know, Daryl, like, this is not like easy. It's not, it's not yeah. easy. You not know, like, all. no, like having this conversation with you today, you know, I'm coming from a very raw, vulnerable space. And as you, as are you, you know, without, yeah. And it's like the more that the relationships open and blossom, the more real it gets. And I think that like tuning into those rom-coms, tuning into all those other things are ways to disengage, right? And that's kind of what you're asking is like, how do people engage, right? And it's like, yeah, just have that courage that like you can do it. Like, and that it's not all going to happen at once. And that everything that you need is going to come at the right moment. That plant that you need, that's going to support you. That person that's going to give you the hug that those things come in every moment. And that, that the realness is real and that you're still going to feel those feelings. So it's almost like either you go into those feelings and you do it or you don't. Right. And if you go into those feelings and you're able to maybe remedy something and then move into the next one rather than hiding away from those feelings and pretending as though they don't exist. And then either clouding that in like conscious communication and positivity and like not really focusing on what's really going in there or just being blind, you know, and being in the realm of people that are, are not awake because it's easier. You know, like one of my girlfriends yeah, and I, yeah. we were like, we were thinking about it the other day and we we're like, sometimes we wish we could just go back to when we just didn't know all this stuff so that we could just pretend like it wasn't happening. It was sometimes it was easier to be in that realm, but I would never go back because yeah, the, co the convenience is not worth it. It's so, totally not worth it. So I'd rather, I'd rather cry all day trying to figure out why, why I can't consciously relate with human beings than like go and, you know, pretend like everything's okay and go buy myself something else and just, you know, prescribe to whatever is being programmed to me. And not to say that's wrong. I just prefer not being there. Mm. And that takes courage. Mm. I do want to acknowledge that I cut you off uh, earlier in today's recording. You were uh, just outlining your perspective 
and I interrupted to give more context. <laughs> um, <clears throat> not sure if you remember, but just wanted to make sure you have um, uh, the the room to um, uh, to use your voice. No, it's all good. This is a conversation today. There's no such thing as interruption. <laughs> <laughs> You know how we roll. <laughs> so I think that like, this has been a very awesome conversation. I've learned a lot. I feel like my heart is soothed in a little ways that um, maybe there was a little bit of anguish and pain. And for all the listeners out there, this isn't just about specific per person or a specific relationship there in my life, there's just a lot of raw things going on and um, things that are going in my physical realm. And so it just, when those type, I was telling Dereal earlier, when there's something else going on in my life that may be throwing me off, it sometimes makes it harder to compartmentalize all of my emotions and everything else. And so everything kind of floods open and like all the big gates flood open and there's a plethora of experiences and feelings and emotions. And sometimes things maybe I haven't dealt with or things that like seemed okay and maybe aren't okay. Or I just begin questioning myself in all realms when something is off a little bit and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's natural. Like for you, like one thing happens and you're like, Oh my God, am I a good human being? What's going on there? What's going on there? Like, why can't I relate to people? Is there something wrong with me? Like all of that, you know, it all comes up. And so I wanted to talk about the herbs that I've been using to so one of the things that Jareel and I love about plants and why we have this podcast relationship with plants is like our relationship with plants, when we use plants, we are not thinking about it in an allopathic manner of, okay, I'm feeling upset and stressed. I don't want to feel upset and stressed. And so that will just like help whatever I'm feeling go away. Like, it's like, no, I want to feel clear headed and supported so that I can go through the process of this pain and anguish and stress so that I can look at it and feel it really and get real raw and, but at the same time feel supported. So it's not a cover up. It's a, um, it's a enhancement, right? So like there's it's a, a process. Yeah. And there's it's a mess. Exactly. Because healing is wrong. Healing is painful. And healing exactly. should take place in a collective. So thank you for making this platform available. Thank you for creating this platform, uh, April, and for um, um, trusting me to uh, help you facilitate meaningful conversations. <clears throat> of course. So the herb that I've been using lately, and I know we've spoken a lot about this herb, um, because it's such a good one, is linden. And you love linden, I love linden, and it's this magical tree uh, that has been used for a long time. It's Tilia is the uh, genius of the Latin name. And it's normally through the Northern Hemisphere, and it's a tree that is like in Europe and in the um, United States as well. Um, there's an American version of it, sometimes called basswood. And 
it's really a magical plant and the flowers are used in love spells the flowers the tree itself in germany would be a place where there would be um the collective meetings would be underneath linden trees because it would sedate and calm and open up hearts and just be there in this like soft way to really uh, promote um, protection, calm, tranquility, and strengthening of love. And those are all things that are necessary as you navigate through many different opinions and discussions. And when these, I think about it for myself, like, you know, when I'm navigating this landscape of fear and pain and anguish and desire and, and confusion to be soothed in the heart and to feel calm so that I'm able to sit there with all of those emotions and reconcile what they mean rather than push down. Um, so it's a nervine, it's, it's uh, spasmolytic, which means it helps with like spasms in the body. It has great circulatory properties uh, to help with headaches and muscles and migraines and menstrual cramps. So, and it's a really beautiful plant. And to me, the leaf sometimes looks like the shape of a heart. Uh, so do you have anything else to add about your experience with Linden? I uh, spotlighted Linden via the Blackwood Plants story a couple hours ago. I blended Linden with Edelberry. I was struggling with a sore throat, but no real uh, discomfort. But I was like, you know what? I have an apothecary. I'm going to be resilient and <laughs> prevent further complications. So by blending linden with edelberry, I was able to um, limit the mucus buildup in my esophagus. And as you uh, already uh, outlined, linden also supports um, our mental well-being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it has this like sweet taste to it, a little bit cooling. Um, and it does, it helps with fever, colds and coughs and mucus in the trachea and the lungs. So that's really great. And it helps with like indigestion and nervousness and nervous vomiting. So those are all things that come with that kind of like nervous tension that has to do with, you know, reconciling one's heart and mind. Um, so. And if you had um, less than an ounce left and you didn't want to waste it, you could uh, add some of it to your doggy or cat water bowl and give them uh, some herbal uh, remedy uh, for the same gastrointestinal relief. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I know we normally like read a um, read something like a quote, and I want to hear what you have to read if you have anything. Um, last night I read this poem that I wrote four years ago, and I was just like, "Wow, I'm, I need to read this poem again." So maybe I could read this poem to everyone if 
do you think that would be a good idea? That's a great idea. You read your poem and I'll think about a quote. Okay, cool. So this poem is something that I wrote um, and it's for all of us out there who are really in the process of uncovering living in consciousness and the conscious relationships and within ourselves and what does that take? So, okay, here we go. Movement, flying free, arms wild and in the air. Wings expand in perfect symmetry, catching the dance of equilibrium. Stomping the feet, vibrations rise, a current of electricity reaching towards the heavens. This is why one flies free. Beauty within being exposed for all to see. Many believe the wanderer goes far to seek to find something, but searching is not the purpose. Living is the reason. Giving oneself over to the infinite possibilities, limitless boundaries, breaking over invisible lines, allowing oneself to be true north. Motion creates art of expressions and forces the brain and heart to reconcile. Deepens internal understanding and practice, sharing the way to live in this world without rules, rules that are made up by society, rules that do not follow the code of compassion, unconditional love without limits letting go of the fear and falling into the abyss of joy there is no end to the path of the light live within the void of the golden light for when you were born you cried and the world rejoiced live your life so that when you die the world cries and you rejoice. Beautiful. I am going to read an excerpt from Letter to a Young Farmer. Uh, it goes, the problems will mostly be resolved once everyone understands how cities and farms are parts of a whole not divisible from one another. When we all realize that as we munch our good fresh food, it will not only mean a better environment for all, but the end to the silly political anger that colors everything blue or red instead of a lovely productive green. Mm, I love that. Love it. <sighs> Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. I think the end of today's recording deserves a good uh, <laughs> sigh. So I appreciate <laughs> you hearing me. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, and again, may, maybe uh, in a month or two, maybe in the summer, we can record a part two and over time, continue this conversation, weave a conversation about conscious coupling or conscious relationship building or how not to lose one's consciousness or not to lose sight of relational when uh, thinking about consenting to care for another one or love on another uh, person. <clears throat> Definitely.
So as always, we open this up to the community to write to us, share with us, express how you're feeling. And I would love to hear from you, and I know Daryl would as well, like what does conscious relationship really actually mean to you? And what are you actually doing to be that? And um, so as always, you can follow me at Antler Alchemy on Instagram. And Daryl, you can be found where? Black with Plants. Remember, you can follow April at Antler Alchemy. I'm at Black with Plants. Relationship with Plants is on Instagram. Give that a follow and stream our previously recorded episodes on Anchor FM, Spotify. What's the iTunes. Apple account? Is it iTunes? Right, yeah, iTunes. And if y'all are really enjoying the, uh, the series, send us a direct message or leave a comment maybe if we're uh, in an environment where it's conducive we can uh, start a youtube channel and every now and then throw up some live recordings or some recordings of some content too so people um, can get confident uh, moving forward with us over time yeah that would be awesome that's a great idea i like that yeah so follow us and enjoy and think about it consciousness relationships how can you show up in them and think about that longevity of a friendship and what that really means to you and how would you want to be treated as a friend so you can enjoy every orgasm without resentment exactly (laughs) (laughs) i love that no more revenge <laughs> All right, as always, I love you, Daryl. I love you too. All right, bye.